Hoop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production. This thing that AG and I do called halftime. I'm sure you're familiar with it. So I'm going to let my man AG hit you with the first question on halftime. Who's your all-time top five Proviso East players? Sherelle Ford, number one. D Brown, number two. I'm a big Kenny Davis fan. Kenny Davis, mm-hmm. number three. Donnie was cold, man. I'm going to go with Donnie. Donnie. You like it, Donnie? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Donnie. Donnie was cold. D Voice? Yeah, I'm going to go with D Voice. Then uh, the last spot, let's go, Shannon. Come on, Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown? Yep. What? Shannon uh-huh. Brown. I got to go with Shannon. So who I got? I got Shannon and D are the Brown brothers. I got uh-huh. Kenny. Kenny Davis. Sherelle. And Donnie Boyce. And Donnie. All right. Mike Finn, if you listening to this, don't don't be don't be don't be uh mad, man. Don't be mad, Mike Finn. You know. Mike Finn. Doc Rivers, like, I got a whole I, my whole cupboard is that at the school in the in the in the, in the gym. <laughs> I didn't see Doc play. I mean, but I heard Doc had a guy on his team that was better than him, though. Really? Uh, I forgot his name. Well, listen, man, my question for you is, give me three people that influenced you the most. Uh, number one, I'll say my mom. You know, my mom always mm-hmm. been there for me. She got me in Raymond yep. basketball camp. She helped me with my homework every night. Uh, never missed a game. Elementary school, uh, mm-hmm. Columbus Park game, Provisoise game. Never missed a game. Always been supporting me since day one. And, and she still one, is. Mom. So, so my mom, Deuce, is, is, is my number one. Um, mm-hmm. Second, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. You know, Michael Jordan, huge mm-hmm. inspiration to me. He the GOAT, and I'm biased with that. Like, he'll always be my GOAT. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll say MJ. And um, one more. The third inspiration to me, man, uh, honestly, is just, I would just say, you know, I can't really name a person. I'll just say my entire family. You know, I always wanted to represent the Hunters. You know, um, I always wanted to just represent my family and, and, and carry on that Hunter name. What other passions do you have outside of basketball that could have become, that could have been a, a career for you? Or maybe still will, or still is? Man, you know, I always, like at night, I'll be watching forensic files and all that stuff, man. So I, you know, always been into, you know, like a detective work or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, somebody, somebody doing studying criminal justice in, in the law yeah. enforcement in, in some in some way or form. So that's one career I could have chose. Can you see the seven foot hunter <laughs> coming up? Oh, showing NCIS. Uh, <laughs> License registration. Yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, some in law enforcement, uh, I'll probably say baseball. Man, I wish I could have played baseball. I just got too okay. tall for it. So baseball. Um, and the last one, believe it or not, man, I'm a big fight fan. Boxing. I love boxing. Oh, really? Yeah. And and, and in some off season, I used to train with my man Montel Griffin. Um, oh, yeah, I was training yeah. him to to get ready for the season. So I, I was sparring heavyweights during the off season. I heard that boxing was a good uh a good training. Good training for basketball players. Yeah, I mean, you you think you in shape playing basketball. In order to do boxing, have you ever tried just punching for three minutes? Oh, no. I mean, Never. I know. Never. I know, right. And the first time I did it, I was, you know, I was spent. And just even fighting, 
three rounds. I fought three rounds. And I that that spent me. I'm like, man, I'm a NBA athlete of seven, eight years. <laughs> right. I'm in shape. <laughs> but you go and try to take an NBA player and put them and, and put them in 12 rounds of boxing, they'll be lucky to go two, two or three right. rounds. Like, nah, you in shape for basketball. You ain't in shape for boxing, homie. <laughs> right, when I seen Nate Robinson out there, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> don't know what he getting into. <laughs> He's still thinking about that one, but Yeah. <laughs> so as, as a big man, what were your favorite sneakers to play in? Oh, man. Let me think about that. Honestly, people going to say, say this or that, but Kobe's. I used to like playing Kobe's. So some some Nikes. So I just like to come. Really? Yeah. Jordan has never been really comfortable to play in to me. I don't know about y'all, but you know, I know we'll we'll jump man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know I love him. I know, you know yeah. Jordan Jordan ain't never really ain't too comfortable. So um I'll probably say, you know, Kobe's. Um Back in the day, in the early 2000s, I signed a, a shoe contract with Dada. <laughs> Y'all remember Dada? Get Dada Supreme, get out of here. Damn, bro. Yeah, it was cool. I had blisters And they, they had Chris Webber too, right? Yeah, did I was second. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. Did you have the spinners? Say it again. Yeah, I had those. <laughs> yep, yep. Needless to say, they only lasted a year. I had to get up out of those, man, for my baby toe fall off. Right, right. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> what were some of the fa- fa- funniest or craziest pregame routines or superstitions did you did you seen or did you personally have? Man, I used to play with a guy named Rod Stricken. Y'all remember Rod Stricken? Yeah, Rod was an old cool. head when I was a uh, when I was like a rookie, not an old, you know yeah. in basketball year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Rod was a vet in Orlando. When I took this man used to throw up before every game purposely. That was his nope. ritual. Uh, what? Yeah. 12, 13-year vet before every game of his career, he goes into the bathroom and he throws up before every game. Wow. And I just, wow. yeah, yeah. I just thought that was <laughs> odd. I just thought that was odd. So he probably had one of the craziest, craziest rituals. Um, mm. as, 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 as for my pregame routine, I, I just I just ate the same meal before every game. Nine mm. years, same, same meal. I eat me some. What was that? I eat me some fettuccine and shrimp uh, pasta with mm. some cranberry juice. A little piece of bread. Wow. Ready to go. I love fettuccine, chicken fettuccine Alfredo. What's in your, um, what's in your, I guess, iPod now? Or your, what's your favorite three songs you listening to? What music I'm listening to? Yep. Now, I be trying to listen to these young guys, man, but it's getting rough, man. It's getting <laughs> rough, bro. Uh, I like I like Lil Dirt. I listen to Lil Dirt. I listen to Lil Dirt. Always been a Gucci man friend, fan. I, I like Gucci. You know the old okay. Jay Z. Gucci. Yeah, yeah. Jay Z. Jay Z. Yeah, some of the some of the nineties stuff. I I probably say nineties mm-hmm. got nineties hip hop was the best. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Nineties hip hop part in like early two thousands. Two thousand was the best. So. Just mm-hmm. man, just just a little bit of everybody. You know, I try to work out every day, so I got I got I got a long playlist of stuff. But I'm I'm pretty uh I'm pretty diverse on, on the music side. I see diverse. I like that. Well, man, thank you for doing halftime with us. We yes, will jump yes. into your your NBA career. Yes, sir. Because man, you you come into the league, man. I'm just gonna throw out some names that you got: Kwame Brown, number one, Tyson Chandler, 
Paul Gasol, Zach Randolph, Joe Johnson, yeah. Richard Jefferson. I mean, and then the sleepers of that class. You got Gilbert Arenas, Tony Parker. I mean, this is your this is one of the better draft classes. Yeah. Yep. When you think about that day, man, what was that experience for you and for your family? What was that like? I probably worked out for 14 to 15 teams. I was grinding. Ooh. I was grinding, bro. Uh, I worked out uh, against Kwame uh, in, in Washington. Um, they brought me there as like a prop or something, uh, but I ended up busting his ass because he he was in. Mm. But I, I, I did. Um, I ended up working out against Tyson Chandler mm. in Chicago. End up busting his ass too. Gotta be honest, and, mm-hmm. and, and all these guys that I I I, I got brought in to kind of play against. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I earned my respect and I boosted my my draft stock. So you know, you get brought in to you know play against you know like say say you will you get brought in to play against a top guy and they think okay let's see how he do against this and you end up playing better than that top guy. Mm-hmm. That's what helped my draft my my draft stock out. Um, wow. But, but so yeah, I worked out for, for 14, 15 teams. Um, workouts went great. The whole, that whole off season with Tim Grover and all them workouts was just magical. It just all clicked together. My game clicked. I was just strong mentally, physically. So it all clicked. And, um, it came down to, uh, to draft day. And, uh, you know, I could, I knew I was going to either go from nine to 15. Um, I did a workout with Detroit. And Joe Dumars, who's the GM at the time, he told, he told mm-hmm. me, you know, after I had a good workout, he said, hey, don't be surprised if we call your name. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, so then let's go, let's move forward to the draft. We had the draft party at the ESPN zone. I didn't I didn't go to, to, to the actual draft. It was just a draft party okay. at the uh, ESPN zone. Was it just for you or other, or other Chicago? Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Drafties too. It was just for me. So I'm I'm see I don't know if y'all wow. are in Chicago ESPN zone. I'm I'm sitting yeah. here right in front of the big screen in this chair with my mm-hmm. agent sitting here and I got all the news stations behind me and I got all my family and friends. It's like 150 people, 200 people in here. Ooh. So I knew I wasn't gonna be one of the first five picks. So I I got get there around like six or seven picks. So I ain't, you know, sitting there too long. Yeah. Right. You know, number nine, number the ninth pick came. And I believe uh, Detroit Pistons had that pick. I believe it was either nine or nine or seven, something like that. And then they mm-hmm. put the lights on me. And then <laughs> all, all, all of a sudden, they they call out uh, Rodney White. And Rodney White's supposed to win top five, but he slid down. So Detroit picked, uh, picked mm. him. So they got to cut the cameras off, pack it all up, and they, come, and then they go back. And then so 
uh, the 12th pick came. I was like, all right, cool. I know I'm going to go to, uh, I think it was either Houston or Seattle. There was another two teams. Two teams on. Mm-hmm. They bring the cameras out, put the lights on me, light shining down on me. <laughs> they called Rodmanovich, somebody like that. What? <laughs> <laughs> So long story short, 13 pick, I didn't get picked. It went down to 15, and I had just got back from Orlando the previous night. Orlando brought me in for like four or five workouts. They wanted to take a close look and mm. um, go to the 15 pick. And I'm like, I'm nervous, man. My stomach and knots. I'm like, man, if they don't call me right now, it's about to be a situation in here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they don't call right. my name, it's, I, I might be sitting here for a while. And so, uh, man, by the grace of God, uh, number yes. 15 pick, you know, Lando Magic chose Stephen Hunter, and then, like, the room just blow, blew up. And then I just Ugh. hugged my mom and dad. And, you know, I hugged all my friends. I seen all my childhood friends. They were just crying. Got the head yeah. on my chest crying and stuff like that. Um, that. That must have been an amazing feeling, man, just to, you know, hear your name called on, on a – national television and this is a dream that you didn't had you know when you was a kid and then once you you know you get to high school and college and you like you know people telling you that this shit can really happen for you and for it to happen man and hear your name and you like man i'm, I'm gonna be able number one take care of my family the way i really want to but then i'm gonna go and get paid for fucking playing basketball for the game that i love that just had to be overwhelming, man. Like, I did it. Now the work began. Yeah, it's definitely a feeling of um, relief and accomplishment. You know, for me, it was a big feeling of relief because you worked so hard to get to this one place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Since you was in high school, whenever you want to start, yeah. you work so hard to get to this one place. And then you finally there and they call your name and then you get recognized by others and your family. And then, like, you, you finally you know, get that satisfaction. Like, yeah, I did it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, man, that was a real special night. So Doc Doc called me and was like, man, congratulations, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, next thing you know, I was on a flight out to uh, Orlando the next day for the press conference. Wow. That's crazy. He getting coached by a dude that played at his high school, his high Will. School, I know, right? Big shout out to Doc, man. Like, Doc really taught me how to be a pro. Um, like when I got there, I'm thinking it was about to be, you know, oh, we went to the same high school. We about to be going down memory lane and all that shit. Doc mm-hmm. ain't even mentioned none of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me than he was on anybody else because yeah. he know where I came from. And, uh-huh. and, yep. and, and now that I'm, I'm coaching kids now, I, I realize that, you know, you got a problem if the coach not talking to you. You want a coach to stay on you because you know that mm-hmm. he, he knows you have potential. So yep. Doc rolled me, man. And when you get to the league, it's a total another level of work ethic. You know, yeah. practice started at 10. Rook, you're going to be there at 730 in the weight room first for an hour and a half. And then you're going to come get this work before practice. And then you're going to practice. Yep. And then you're going to get some more work after practice. Afterwards. And it's every day. Oh. So you better love the game of basketball if you go to the league. Because ain't no breaks. Yes. As a rookie, you in there every day. I remember... Road trips we'll take on the West Coast. On the West Coast, we'll get back at two, three in the morning. I'm thinking I'm yeah. about to have a day. They, they, they get a team the next day off because it's three o'clock in the morning. Right. What you gonna do? I see you in the gym tomorrow, eight thirty, rook. What? Saying, yeah, <laughs> see you in the gym, gym tomorrow, eight thirty, rook. Yeah, I'm in the gym. I stayed in the gym, bro. Total, total, total different level of work ethic and uh, dedication. 
all our, to all our young viewers out there and ones who are playing AAU and thinking about going to the NBA, do y'all hear what Mr. Hunter is saying about loving and being dedicated to this game? You know, I mean, the shit he's saying right now about you was doing what you telling us, you was, Kobe was doing that, like, <laughs> fuck going out, hanging out at the club and hanging out and all this. You saying you got to be the first one at the gym, do more than what people on the team, the vets is doing. And then when they leave, you can't leave. You got to, you still got to be in the gym putting in that work. It's like starting over. You go from being a high school All-American to the man on your college team to you get drafted in the lottery and you all this and that and you get there, yeah. you carrying donuts to practice. You're the first one yeah. there. You in a you you in a weight room every day. You you doing all these extra reps, but they trying to turn you into a profession. That's what they trying yeah. to do. And and being a professional, it has a, a totally different work ethic than just a, a typical you know round away basketball player. It's a deconstruction of your mindset because I heard Sam Mitchell tell these guys, "Hey man, guys in the NBA, they don't give a hell about that that college shit." And that high school shit, what you thought you was and all that, <laughs> it don't mean a damn to these things, to these dudes up here, bro. Like, they will eat you for lunch. I mean, look at, uh, you know, big shout out to my guy again. Number one, number one, you know, player provides a week's history, in my opinion. But look at my man, D. Brown, got all the accolades in the world. He had to yep. start on the bottom on, on trying to make the league and trying to do that. You know, it don't matter how yeah. many accolades you have. I don't guarantee you a spot in the league because, best believe, the 12th man on the bench is somebody we'll bust your ass. all American and they'll bust your ass. Give us those teammates on 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 Orlando Magic when you first got there, G. What I mean, damn, I'm looking at the names like I want you to say I'm dope. I had an old vet. Patrick Ewing was on my Oh shit. Yep. After practice, that man got 22 ice bags on his body, man. I try to figure <laughs> out that one on his neck, his shoulder, elbow. But yeah, what? Patrick Ewan taught me a lot, bro. Patrick Ewan. Also, another vet was on that team, Horace Grant. Damn! Horace Grant, man, one of the funniest teammates I ever had in my life. What? Yeah, I played with Horace Grant on that team. But these was all guys at the end, end, end of their careers. Just end there, of their career. Just there to kind of tutor the young guy, tutor guys like myself, you know. Yeah. You know, how to be a pro and stuff like that. Ton of knowledge on that team, too, it seemed like. But some of the starters, we had... Uh, Mike Miller, T Mac, we had Grant Hill play on that team. Uh, one, one, one nuke on that team. Who? Jawan. Jawan played with us our second year. My second year there. Your second year there. Yep. Jawan was on that team. Yep. Wow. Now the rain man for a minute, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. Man, I played with some great. Jawan. Jawan was probably uh, my most. Uh, in influential teammate I ever had, you know. Why, he, why, why you say that? Because he he just talked to me about professionalism all the time. You know, if you look at what Jawan is today, it ain't by chance or did he lucky or somebody gave him something. That man been uh -huh. a professional for a long time. And he's wow. telling me, you know, Steve, I don't care how these other folks dress. When you come to a game, you make sure you wear a suit. He told me, mm. he told me when you, um, around these NBA executives and all of this, you make yourself available. You you make sure you you, you talk to them. You get their car. You you network you network with these people because one day mm. you're gonna need them for something. You know. So he just taught me just a lot about professionalism, being early to practice, 
playing a playing a political game. If if you're mm-hmm. not getting a playing time, you won't. Don't sit on the bench and pout. And pout, yeah. Don't sit on the bench and pout. You up, you clapping. You you the first one at practice. You hustling. You doing all the little things because when it's your turn, yeah. you're gonna turn up and you and you're gonna yeah. say and, and and you're gonna say I stayed in there. So he just he taught me a lot about professionalism. Big shout out to Juwan. Man, talk to us a little bit about the adjustments you had to make from college to the league. I mean, was it hard for you? I mean, yeah, I mean, they they had, when I got first got to Orlando, you know, I thought that, you know, the first pick, I was going to just slide right into the starting lineup. But the first six right. games, we had like nine bigs on our team. Mm. Banging up against Bo Outlaw in practice, Patrick Oof. Ewing, uh, Andrew DeClerc, all these <laughs> cool slow bigs that they got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it was just an adjustment of how the game was that, you know, back then. You know, it was more of a back mm-hmm. to the basket type type game back then. Um, so I had to adjust to the physicality of the game. But then um, man, one day, a couple You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Weeks into the season, maybe a month month into the season, Doc put me in a star lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, for, for, you know... For for two three months, man, I just turned up. I, I played really really well my my rookie season. I had a good rookie season in, in Orlando. Um, but you know, Doc instilled that confidence in me. He gave me a chance, you right? Know, and um, he he helped me. Like I say, he helped me be a professional and just and just really like I say, he put me in a starting lineup that really like helped my confidence for the rest of the season. Now was that more mental or or less or or you know because they said when you when. When you coming from that college and understanding the pro being a pro and the the regimenting of it, was it more mental here or than physical? It's all mental. Wow. Uh, physical, you used to that coming from Chicago. I don't seen it all. People trying to play bully ball, all that stuff. But but it was all mental because you you know you think you this. We all high school all Americans, and then yeah. you get humble. You're gonna sit and watch a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you're yeah. gonna bring the donuts to practice and you're gonna be the low man on the to- totem pole until yeah. you until you earn your way up. So it's starting over. You get to the league and you think you made it. And you think they're gonna give it to you. But unless you, mm-hmm. you know, number one, number two pick, they ain't about to just give you nothing. You gotta earn your you, you gotta earn your playing time, earn your way up. So, you know, and that was just a transition just from turn being a college player to being a professional. It just turned it was a to- totally different transition. To our younger listeners out there trying to get in the NBA, you heard what he said. It's your mindset. You're going to have to reconstruct, deconstruct your mindset and be humble. Get all that all-American shit out your head. You're thinking, I'm supposed to be playing. Oh, I'm, I'm better than him. No, you're not. <laughs> and when you get told the truth, it's a rookie test. We're going to see, like you said. And we're going to see if you're going to pout. Oh, man, the coach ain't playing me this game or he only put me in for two minutes and took me out. Yeah, dummy, because I want to see how you're going to react. I want to see if your mind right. Yeah, they play a lot of mind games in the league, too. And, man, you know, anybody that can go out there, man, and 
be like a 30-point-a-game score, you you, you got to give big shout to them, man, because this every day. You know what I'm saying? Every game. Not a day off. Yeah, ain't no days off. And y'all done play sometime in December, you know, when we got a game in Milwaukee and it's below 15 outside, you, you might not – and you just coming off a of back-to-back – no, bro, you might not just feel like playing today. Like, Coach, I need a rest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But for that guy to come out there and perform, it's just, it's, it, it says a lot about your, your mental makeup. You yep. know what I'm saying? And it tells a lot about your dedication and how much you love the game. So, yep. like, if you're going to play high school varsity, if you're going to play in college, Division One, ultimately the pros, your dedication and love for the game going to eventually come out. And, you know, you, you got to give your all to this or else it's going to show that. You don't really love it. I'm glad. I'm glad you spoke to that, Steven. So give us the mindset when they say, oh, Steven Hunter out somewhere having a, having a lunch or whatever. You get a call from your agent or whoever. Hey, man, you've been traded, man. What goes through your head? Well, it depends on the situation. Um, sometimes you'll be happy because it may offer you a better situation. And sometimes mm-hmm. you, you'll be disappointed. You know, I've been on I've been on mm-hmm. all those spectrums. Um I know um, after I played my played out my rookie contract in Orlando, I was excited mm-hmm. about a fresh start. You know, um, really, yeah. Orlando had pretty much blew up the team. Um, you know, they had traded Tracy, they got rid of Jawan, and they were starting over. That's when they got the number one pick for Dwight Howard. And mm-hmm. so I got my opportunity in Phoenix. So I came mm-hmm. in on a one year deal in Phoenix. Had to prove myself. I was I was hungry. You know, to prove myself in the league, I was hungry to get another contract. Yeah. Man, Phoenix Phoenix Suns was just a magical, magical year for me. I'm going to tell you what I'm amazed at, man. You you played with or played for so many legendary coaches. Mo Cheeks, Doc Rivers, Dan Tony, George Carl, Coach Hollins. What, what did you take from each of those coaches? And do you still apply that to this very day? Absolutely. Uh, I'll just go through them all. Doc Rivers, uh, one of the best um, people you you ever like. Players, coaches is what the word I'm looking for. You know, he mm-hmm. he knows how to relate to players. You know, he knows how to talk to players. He knows how to get the best out of his players. Uh, mm. I don't even remember none of his X's and O's. Not that he was bad at it, but I remember how he related to me and the other guys on the team, and mm. and that was the best. Um, so moving on to Phoenix, Mike D'Antoni, um, I would probably say overall is the best coach I ever played for. Because if you can, wow. uh, then you're going to be able to shine under Mike D'Antoni. Um, really? It's, he got equal opportunity offense. It's free flowing. We set screens for another. We, we play together. Uh, we move. And, you know, obviously we had that uh, seven seconds or less model we used when I was here. Mm-hmm. You know, we running down the floor, you know, um, getting shots up, throwing lobs and things like that. That definitely catered more to my game. So, Mike, big shout yeah. out to Mike D'Antoni. Like, he was just he, – he, uh, he, he let me go and, and he let me play. Mm. And by my fourth in the, in the league, um, coming off of ACL surgery, I was finally mentally and physically ready to perform. And I think uh, we all did that collectively that, that year in Phoenix in 2004-2005. Mm. Maurice Cheeks. I played yeah. with Mo Cheeks. Yes. Mo Cheeks was cool. We had we had we had uh other players, uh, other assistant coaches that that helped them out and things like that. But Mo Cheeks was mm-hmm. another one similar to Doc, you know, know how to relate to players. Um yeah. 
you know, really, really good guy to be around, funny, things like that. So Mo Cheeks was cool. Then I played for George Carl. Mm. George Carl was a uh, special individual. Uh, yeah. You, you either going to love him or you hate him. And yeah. uh, I ain't really like George too much. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I could learn from the way he coached. Um, but just to be honest, like George is uh, – he's, he's arrogant. You know what I'm saying? George is arrogant. Mm. You know, I was taught to communicate with, with coaches and things like that about, hey, if right. you want playing time, you you ask that coach what do you need to do to, you know, to get in the rotation. Mm-hmm. So I get to Denver, and it's like, you know, uh, we we had a really good team. It was Marcus Canby there. We had Nene yep. there. We had a lot of bigs. And um, I get there, and uh, two months into the season go, and I'm, I'm struggling to get in a rotation. So I, I, I say, I say, George, uh, what do I got to do to get in a rotation? What do you need me to do? You know, I, I'm willing right. to do anything because I'm still – I remember what Doc told me. I'm still getting to practice early. I'm, I'm keeping positive. Yeah. But So at this point, since we didn't really talk, I asked him, like, okay, Coach, what, 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 what do you want to see more from me? I, hey, George told me, Steven, stop right there. I only talk to my top seven guys. So right now you're a bottom guy. I need you to go over there and talk to one of my assistant coaches. I'm like, woo. So that, yeah, that that right there changed my 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 my, my mental mind state on George. And mm. and he kind of he kind of lost he kind of lost me. I worked because of the name on my back, but but yeah. George Carl, uh, you know, he was a uh, he 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 was one of them coaches. He was one of them coaches. <laughs> so let me ask you this. How was it playing with Iverson? How was it playing with Chuck? Um, so first of all, great player. You know what I'm saying? Great player. Big hands, long arms. Yeah. Great. You know, he he can do it all, bro. Great player. But I was spoiled because I went from playing with Steve Nash to playing with Allen Iverson. Oh, yeah. Go from playing from playing with the top, playing for with a pass heavy, you know, point guard and Steve Nash. Point, yeah. To somebody, you know, saying, get your ass in a short corner and, and wait till these rebounds come off. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba Chuck say, because it's going up, baby. Bubba Chuck was a mug, man. Give me a, give me a, give us an Iverson story. Shit, I got a lot of them. I don't know if I can say it on this, but I got a lot of, I got a lot of. <laughs> uh, well, I'll just say this, like, Okay, so the rule was everybody had to work out during the offseason except for AI. AI don't practice, don't work out in the offseason. He don't lift weights. He don't work on his game during the offseason. He don't. He come to training camp. He can barely get up the floor. You know, uh, only person like this i ever seen in the league. You know what I'm saying? He comes to training <laughs> camp, might miss practice, you know, whatever, whatever. Bro, the first game of the season – when he smell that popcorn popping in the arena, <laughs> I don't know how he do it. Gee, don't tell me. Don't tell me he just he just flips a switch. Flips a switch. The man averaging 34, 35. Ain't worked out all all, all season. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I, I asked him, I say, I say, man, what you doing all season? Man, you ever been to Cabo? Man, I was just in Cabo. He was like, hell no, I don't go to Cabo. It's too hot. I was like, where you <laughs> Club. I'm like, <laughs> he come out, he come out and give you 35. Let me turn this switch on. What? Yeah, Chuck, you know. 
What's up, everyone? It's Boss Britt. And it's DJ Excel. If you're a fan of the queer culture and lifestyle, then be sure to check out and subscribe to The No Homo Show. We're a show that shares true stories that are uncut, funny, relatable, and of course, gay from a lesbian's perspective. That's right. Brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. You know, I you know I ain't gonna say I'm working at all, but you, you sparingly here go get some shots up or something like that. You do his all off just just heart and just just heart and will, just heart and will, yeah. Damn. Yep. And you know what? That's that. You know, a lot of people can get misleading by that because they feel they look at him off. If Ivan Iverson could do it, I can do it. No, motherfucker, you cannot do what he do. You can't. You got to go work out every morning and every day. You can't go to Cabo. Coach told us that too. Coach was like, "See, everybody else, I got an off-season workout plan. They they bring assistant coaches to your city for a month to to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do." So wow. while I'm in Chicago, two of the assistant coaches from Orlando, Phoenix, Philly, wherever they come, they work me out every day in Chicago. It's a regimen that that you want. Um, wow. But yeah, Chuck ain't had no regimen. He did what the hell he wanted to do. Wow. Still true. <laughs> You gotta love it. That dude. is amazing. Gotta love it. Yeah, man. He's a he's definitely a, definitely an amazing talent. So out of all your point guards, you didn't play with some shit. I mean, some dudes, man. Rod Strickland, Steve Nash, Bubba Chuck, Mike Connolly. Which ones you like, which ones did you put up there as your I I I go to war with this dude any day? Shit, Steve Nash, he passed me the balls. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> just go to the rim, baby. You know you. I'm gonna get in that paint. They ain't gonna keep me out the paint. And let me tell you something about a point guard. This dude, I never seen him go into the middle of the paint and jump in the air to pass the ball. He would always stay low to the ground, jump step and be moving the ball around people and just throw it around somebody and just throw a bounce pass to one of his bigs going baseline. He, he was a quintessential point guard to me, man. And he loved to pass the ball first. Yeah, yeah, solid fundamentals. You know, he he knew he wasn't the the, the quickest guy. He knew he wasn't the fastest. So he worked, right. on, he worked on his ball handling, his shooting, drop dead, three-point shooter, and his pass. Most yeah. fundamentally sound player I ever played with, Steve Nash. And he won two... Two two MVPs right in the in the in the row. Yep, one of the ones I was there for. Yeah. Damn. You know, I want to ask you this, Steve. Um, since we're talking about your NBA career, uh, and and AJ and I, we talk about this a lot too. Uh, I feel like you know, man, with my knee injury, people never got to see the best that Will Gates, yeah, could offer. Um, do did we get to see the best Stephen Hunter? Or, or is there more? Did we miss the best of Stephen Hunter? Well, there was a, you, you got glimpses um, of, of, of a good Stephen Hunter, but you definitely didn't get the best of Stephen Hunter due to a lot of my, my knee injuries. Um, mm -hmm. As a big, you know, going into the NBA, you didn't really figure the game out in your spots until year four, year five, because you ain't a guy with the ball in your hands all the time. Mm. And, and I, I feel like I figured the game out in, in Phoenix. You know, I knew who I was. I knew my strength. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, I knew my purpose on the floor. And I yeah. had my niche in the game. You know, mm. I, I, I created my niche. Um, 
And I finally started to just feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? When you're yeah. in and out of the lineup, you got injuries or whatever have you, you take you take you a little bit to 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 get comfortable. And I, I finally got comfortable and I finally got confident and secure with who myself, who who I was. So I ended up signing a five year deal with with uh Philly, set the mm-hmm. 76ers, um after uh after my great year in Phoenix. And then, you know, again, that 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 first year, I felt great. I was a full-time starter, you know, yeah. um, just finally getting into the groove with it. And then that next year, it was another good year. But then after that, those three good years, then that's when finally what happened, what the doctors had always said was going to uh, happen because of my virtual arthritis. Um, they said my knees was like a ticking time bomb, and it got to a point where I couldn't even run on my knees no more in 2008. Our first day of training camp in Denver, it just felt like mm. glass was in, in, in between my kneecaps. Damn, wait Wait a minute, Steven. You 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 mean to tell me the doctors can foresee some shit years ahead in, within the X-ray of your of your body, like your, like man, if you keep, yeah, you know, playing this way in in the next three four years, it may give way. Yes, I got I got diagnosed with osteoarthritis in probably two thousand three, and then Damn. and then that's that's when they found it. And, and they was like, you have a degenerative condition in your cartilage in your knees where uh, your cartilage is is prematurely leaving. You know what I'm saying? Leaving, yeah. So by, you know, I, I probably played my last three years on two bone-on-bone knees. I was taking, like, all type of shots in my knees. I was taking uh, painkillers that wasn't even legal in the United States just to practice. Right. Damn. And... Um, and, and and so that was a frustrating part for me mentally because yeah, number number one, you know, as a competitor, you in your mind you straight, but then when you go yeah. and try to move, that's when you that that's that's when you, the realization hits you that you know you do have this cartilage problem. So mm. um, yeah, man. So no, to answer your question, Will, I think we definitely received some glimpses within within that my first seven seven years in the league, first six years mm-hmm. in the league, six seven years in the league. Um, but had I stayed healthy and, um, you know, I, I, I believe that you would have seen a lot more out of Stephen Hunter, but I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful and, and happy, uh, about my career. Um, uh, a lot, not a lot of people can walk on this earth can say that they put on an NBA uniform and play the That's right. I played. Um, and, and I'm just, I'm just thankful from where I came from to where I ended and to where I am yeah. today. You know, still right. involved in the NBA, working with the Suns. You know, still giving back to the youth with my basketball academy, and, and still giving to back to kids with special needs with my foundation. I'm, I'm just happy with the, with overall of how things have uh, kind of evolved at, at, at my age. They say normally where you at in your post NBA career now, if it's going good and you're happy with it, meaning that you did all the right things years prior you know what i'm saying meaning that you 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 networked the correct way you you didn't burn any relationships and stuff like that so just for our listeners out there explain to them what 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 your ambassador uh what 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 that entails in, in with the phoenix suns organization man you know you know uh god bless everybody with a smile man and i and i suggest everybody use it you know you use mm. your smile use your personality um, it don't cost you nothing to be nice to people. 
And a lot of, and, and as athletes, a lot of folks feel that we unapproachable and, and we, you know, we can't be approached. But I was one of those guys that got out there and I used to talk to the owners of the team, uh, Stan Crunk in mm-hmm. Denver. And I used to ask him, how did you become a billionaire? How did you do this? And he would tell me, you know, and, mm. and, and, and Stan, you know, helps out with a lot of stuff I, I do today. Um, mm. Phoenix Suns, while I was here, um, just always, you know, giving back to the community, doing things. When I retired, they asked me to be the community ambassador, you know, so mm-hmm. you never know, you know, the, 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 the plants that you see early on can end up helping you in the long run. And for me, that's how it's still keeping me, me, me relevant, man. I'm, I'm still around the game and I'm still able to use my name, not because I was some all-star player, but because I was one of the guys who, you know, helped other people yeah. out, who was a great teammate, mm-hmm. used his mouth, great guy to be around, stayed out of trouble, things like that. I think that helped me yeah. in the long run. Meaning that you're inspiring still today without playing or bouncing a basketball professionally. Meaning that you go out in the community and people are still excited to see Stephen Hunter speak to them or speak to their kids. That, that That's awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, for all these kids these days, be able to articulate yourself. Like, it's great you brothers doing this, this podcast here. You guys are articulate, able to articulate yourself and actually have an opportunity to do this. There's a lot of players... Mm-hmm. Um, who never took the time to learn how to articulate their, their, their self and, and ne- never took the yeah. time to learn how to be personal with other people and talk mm-hmm. where other people can relate to you and things like that. So, you know, yeah. you know, call call me whatever you want, man, but I think I've been, like, pretty solid and, and kind of like the example I've set to a lot of people uh, who came up behind me at Proviso Weeks and DePaul and, for my mm-hmm. family and things like that. I try to I try to set a good example and I try to do things the right way. First of all, man, I want to tell you this. Your legacy is secure. That you don't have to worry about. You have done the, not only the things the right way, man, but uh, you, you live life the right way. Uh, and speaking of living life, man, talk to us about your son and your autism foundation, man, and how you and your wife started it. And the golf tournament. And the golf tournament that me and Will didn't come to. I need y'all there next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, man, I got I got three kids, man. I got Nyla. She's 18. She's in college. I got little Steve Hunter the second. He's 14. He's a freshman playing mm-hmm. basketball. He's going to be a good player. I got six-year-old Zoe. That's the baby. And then I got mm-hmm. nine-year-old Blaze. Blaze, uh, he got diagnosed with autism when, when he was about three years old. And you really? know, when he was coming up, I know his, his speech was a little delayed, but I always knew, you know, it was something. So... We finally got him tested and diagnosed, and so we were able to give him the proper treatments and things like that in terms of speech therapy, and ABA, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, now now he's doing um, pretty good. But how we started the foundation, my 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 wife became a special education aide just to be close to my son at his elementary school. So she what? Yeah, yeah, man. So. Yeah, just to be around my son and see and see how to deal with his situation better, she became a special education aide at his elementary school. In the school setting. So she's become a professional on how to... Yep, yep, she did that. And uh, while she was there, she realized how underfunded a lot of these schools are. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she was in kids with... She was in a classroom with kids with, with autism, and so they need more material. They need reading material. They need help with this. They need that. They need iPads and tablets to be able to, you know, um, communicate when they're nonverbal and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. So we was coming out our own pocket, you know, just just help, right. helping all the kids in her classroom, you know, yeah, stuff every day. And so finally, I said, you know, you know, I, I have some I have some friends that can help out. Why don't we create a foundation, you know, get more awareness on this, and then we able yep. to help even more kids that that need this at other schools. So we've been yeah. doing that for the past three years, man, and. Um, you know, it's, it's really been a blessing. We started with uh, started this with like a basketball camp, and I would invite special needs uh, kids along with their dads. It's called Fathers United with kids. Fathers United for kids with autism. So their dad okay. will come to my camp with them and help them through drills, and I would put them through drills and make them feel included. Because as you know, a lot of kids with autism they may feel excluded, like because they're like, "Well, we don't right. want to play with you because you don't know the rules or whatever." So we created a really uh, inclusive environment for, for kids with autism. So started with that. That's pretty. We got that the, is got dope, the golf man. tournament. And yeah, man, it's going well. It's going well. It's stuff like this, man. Amazing, amazing stuff. And it don't just stop there. You 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 still in education. You got the the STEAM program in Chicago. How are you involved with that? Man, thanks for asking about that. Um so yeah, I, I wanted to do something more for, for, for my kids in the community. I grew up in Maywood and Bellwood. So um, I partnered with, with Wise Education, Steve Wozniak. He's one of the co-founders of Apple. And um, we, we teach kids STEAM, you know, science, uh, technology, en- engineering, uh, arts, and math. Um, so mm. I was able to implement that program in there. Um, it, it's, in, it's, in a, it's in a few different school districts um, okay. where, where they, they, teach, they teach kids coding, um, they, they teach kids how to uh, drone and many other mm. things. But, you know, I'm mm. just, I just want to continue just to try to leave a legacy, man, and just just leave something behind, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully I'm able to do that and, and help a lot of people. You're doing it, man. You're doing it. Well, well, well listen here, Steve, man. We want to thank you. We're taking up so much of your time. But before you get out of here, man, my dog got one more question for you. Mr. Hunter, again, thank you for coming on the Hoop Dreams OG podcast show, brother. And what is next in Mr. Stephen Hunter's foreseeable hoop dream? What is next? Oh, man. Um, I want to take Hunter's Elite Basketball Club to Chicago. And um, I, run a, I run an AAU program the right way. Um, we, go oh. from, we go from third grade all the way up to high school. And um, on my high school teams, we travel around the nation and we play in different exposure tournaments and things like that. Um, I, I, I give back and I teach kids all the stuff that Terry Head and, and Mac Irvin and, and Andrew Johnson and all, all these coaches taught me. I try to instill that into these youth and I try to do a better job with AAU basketball, making sure they, mm-hmm. they know about it, the education side and the social side mm-hmm. and, the, and the commitment side and, you know, the the, the mentality you got to have if you want to play at the next level. So what's next for me is I want to bring Hunters Elite to Chicago, Illinois. I want to expand that. You said San Antonio, Texas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> bring it on this way. I, I thought that Look at Will. Look at Will. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So just, just expanding my basketball academy and just continue to do great things with my foundation and helping out kids with autism. Please do. But how, how can people, if they want to help with the Autism Foundation, if they want to help with this, the Golf Islands theme program, where, where can they find you at? You can find me at shyfoundation.com uh, to, to give any donations uh, and, and help out the foundation, helping out kids with autism. 
And as far as my basketball academy, you go, you can go to shbatraining.com. We offer private training, basketball camps, and club basketball, AAU basketball. So those are our two websites you can go to to find it. Appreciate you being on here, fam. Hey, man, we appreciate you, Steven, man. Thank you again, man. I told you we was on it. Yes, sir, fellas. I appreciate y'all. I'm the gold of my era. I've been a trending topic. I'm as fly as a feather. My pocket's macroscopic. See, with time, I get better. I'm always in the action, kid. No, I got it locked from Chicago where the toughest live. Concrete jungle earn my stripes on the pavement there. You make it here, then you can make it anywhere. No comparison. Your game is embarrassing. No one can touch me. I'm all but going there again. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office, and one day they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office, and one day they gon' have to pay me. Hoop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production. Written and produced by Arthur Agee, Will Gates, Matt Hoffer, with audio engineering from Matt Savage. For more episodes, check us out at www.unlearningnetwork.com. Gotta be a dog to survive in this cold weather. Ice in my veins, no need for a warm sweater. I'm coming for it all, best believe I won't let up, yeah. Hey, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me.